Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. And we are on the road to the Infinity Festival. We've been talking for the last few months to a variety of leaders, advisors, and people that are involved with this amazing festival that's happening in early November in Hollywood. And it is all about storytelling being advanced by technology. And so I'm really excited about today's guest, and that is Vicki Dobbs-Beck. And Vicki is the executive in charge of ILM XLab, and I'm sure you've all heard of ILM, of course, Lucasfilm's immersive entertainment studio. And uh, Vicki has such an exciting job, and she's doing such exciting work um, and so integral to how the immersive content world is, is growing. And you have to be sort of hiding under a rock to not have heard about Vader Immortal, which is a three-part original VR story, and the second series just uh, just came out. But I'm going to let Vicki give background and talk all about what she is up to. So, ladies and gentlemen, Vicki Dobbs back. Thanks so much, Lori. <laughs> That's um, the studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it um, would help for me to give you a little bit of background on yes. how I got to this place. Um, yes, please. Yeah, so I've actually worked with Lucasfilm for um, almost 27 years over a, like, 31-year span. And I, I've i seen it go through virtually, you know, every um, different phase of growth, activity, focus, etc., um, which has given me a lot of interesting perspective. Um, but I have to say that where we are right this minute is the most exciting time in all of those years um, because it's allowing us to, you know, really innovate in storytelling in ways that don't come about very often. Um, a long time ago, like right after I started, you know, so in the early 90s, um, I actually ran a small group called Lucasfilm Learning, and we were doing um, interactive multimedia for education. And at the time, we were looking to combine um, storytelling, high-quality um, visuals, and interactivity. And the way you did that back then was with a computer-driven laser displayer. So this is actually even pre-CD-ROM. Wow. But what just... It strikes me every time I go back to um, look at the work that we did is how relevant what we were doing then is now Um, because it really was about um, combining these different elements. So I've worked with ILM for for, um, all of the years in between and was really waiting for the time when the technology um, sort of merged in such a way that we could actually um, deliver those kinds of high-quality experiences to consumers. And so it's really been in the last few years with the introduction of, um, you know, VR headsets, um, certainly the promise of what wearable AR devices are, et cetera, that we really thought, um, you know, we're on the cusp of something very special. So we, we founded ILMX Lab um, in 2015, we had been doing quite a bit of um, 
of R&D on real-time um, technology, which is really the thing that allows you to do the interactivity. And our focus was on, um, you know, delivering very high-quality visuals, um, but running in real-time. So um, that was really... Um, so once we founded ILMX Lab, our goal had been to uh, allow people to really step inside our stories and more specifically to step inside of Star Wars. Um, mm. We have sort of evolved our vision and now we talk a lot about um, moving from this idea of storytelling to story living. And the, and the reason is, is because it's really no longer um, one-way communication. You're in the world in these experiences um, interacting with characters and what you do matters in a way that really um, doesn't exist in, in any other medium. Um, most We focus on um, really in two big areas. One is location-based um, with location-based adventures, and the beauty of that is is that it really allows you to deliver scope and scale and invoke all of the senses because you control 100% of the environment. Um, And then the other area is um, VR episodics, and that is where we can deliver um, story through extended engagement, and um, as you mentioned, most recently, um, and by far our most ambitious undertaking has been the release of um, Vader Immortal. And we just released episode two last week, and that's two of a three-part story series. So that's been incredibly exciting. I mean, it's been, um, it sort of came out um, and launched alongside of, in, in many ways, the Oculus Quest, which is the very affordable, non-tethered, um, headset from uh, from Oculus um, and Facebook, and I have to say I have one, and I I have to like um, write down on my calendar no no quest today because I you know lose hours <laughs> in that thing. But but Vader Immortal in particular, um, I mean I, I'm a Star Wars fan, but not as crazy as some, and um, it is insane how overwhelming and exciting it is to be standing in the room with Darth Vader in the way that you can in this experience. I mean, it's a mind blow. Um, that was really what, what led us um, down this path. One of the things that's kind of interesting is where we started with this series um, a couple of years ago was different than where we have ended up. And initially we, we um we're going to put you in a scene, but you were more of a ghost or an observer, and things were happening around you, but you weren't um, you weren't driving the experience literally. And as we got into it further, we we had that kind of aha moment and and realized like um, that's really not living up to the full potential of um, VR and working in real time. And that what was really special is putting you at the center of, in this case, you know, Vader's castle on Mustafar and having you interact with Darth Vader. So uh, it's actually your story and how your um, relationship, if you will, um, with Darth Vader unfolds. And, and that kind of pivot, uh, pivotal moment came when we did a test where um, we had... Um, 
the doors open. You could hear Darth Vader's breathing. He walks toward you, um, stands right in front of you, towering over you, and he delivered some dialogue, and, um, and that was it. And it was so powerful and so overwhelming um, that a lot of people didn't hear the dialogue at all. They, they literally couldn't process it because they were trying to process his presence, um, which also taught us something about uh, pacing. But we knew once we had done that test that we were um, on the right track. And one of the things that, that kind of uh, I find funny now is because, of course, I've been through these, um, these different episodes a number of times, is he's so, he's so sort of um, overwhelming that now I almost get more anxious because I know when he's coming. And the minute I hear that breathing, it's just like, oh, no, oh, yeah. you can't run. <laughs> You can't hide. <laughs> and and the, the incredible thing is, so you have a, a bunch of really interesting things that are coming together right now. So you're obviously sitting on all of that Lucasfilm entertainment IP with Star Wars being at the top of the list. And then you're also surrounded by, I would think, some of the best, you know, technologists around um, who have, you know, be, been associated with ILM for the, the longest time, you know, starting off on the visual effects side of things. And so how do you guys decide, you know, what you're going to tackle? Well, it's, um, the, we generally say that um, creativity leads and technology enables. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, technology also inspires and it actually causes you to um, recognize an opportunity in a in a unique way, but we do start with this idea that um, let's tell the right story for the right platform, and and that's why we were really trying in this case to leverage the fact that um, in VR really delivers on this idea of the power of presence and the power of connection with characters, and. Um, and we wanted to create an experience that would be different than what you could get in film or television. Um, the, the other thing is, is to create something like this definitely required a very um, broad range of talent and expertise. And we, um, we knew going into this that, you know, it wasn't a, it's not a film, it's not a game, and it's not an attraction. But we actually could learn from all of these, and in fact, we um, pulled talent from all of those different areas as well. One of the um, interesting things is, you know, really bringing together people who have come from these different backgrounds and, um, and having them work toward a common goal. They bring, you know, as you can imagine, they bring different perspectives, different techniques, etc. And the best you know, the best of all possible worlds is when people are open and learning from one another and um, sort of understanding all of these these different um, techniques and possibilities. You can combine them in a way that creates something that is far greater than it could have been had it been, uh, you know, talent from only one of those areas. So just from a pure um, watching the collaboration standpoint, um, that was actually uh, really special. And you are right. I mean, we're very fortunate to have grown out of um, ILM because ILM is obviously known for its, um, its 
technology innovation. It's the way um, it's it's you know highest quality um, visual development and and really enabling storytellers. Um, and to kind of be able to build on that and then supplement with people with more real-time experience um, is, is very, very special. But one of, the, one of the things that's quite different is, is you know, with, with ILM, um, a single shot, you know, might, might require, you know, 10 minutes or 8 hours or sometimes even overnight to render a single frame of film. And when you're running in real time at 90 frames a second, you have to, you have only 11 milliseconds per frame. So it really is a fundamentally different um, uh, challenge that that we face. And um, the people, you know, you kind of have to learn how to do things lighter, um, and you know, recognize that there are limitations when you when you have to um, render at that speed. And uh, but the great thing is is that there have been quite a few ILM artists who have actually very successfully transitioned into um, into this world. And then we also have a number of people who were um, formerly with with LucasArts who came back to Lucasfilm um, within ILMX Lab. Well, and it's you bring up such an interesting point about this being a combination of film and gaming and TV and all these things. Because uh, uh, Vader Immortal, the first um, episode, was a finalist for uh, Television Academy's Interactive Media um, Jury Award, which is you know an honor, and um, and I was so excited to see it um, you know in the category. So that's a television category right um so are you guys constantly sort of discussing you know what are we calling this uh because there is this like ongoing battle right now between narrative and interactive is it a film release is it a television release you know um should it get an oscar should it get an emmy um you know where where does all this sit i mean are you guys you know constantly discussing that or is that you know it doesn't matter you're just going to make what you're going to make well, we, we do talk about it because, um, you know, we set out to pioneer in immersive storytelling specifically. And um, one of the things that has been interesting about Vader Immortal is um, that no matter how much we position and use particular language, people apply the language they know and are comfortable with. So in spite of the fact that we don't call it a game, um, the, the vast majority of people who um, have experienced it do, in fact, call it a game. And yet, the interesting thing is they sometimes they bring their expectations of a game uh, to to this experience. So they're expecting it to last, a, you know, a particular number of hours, um, or to um, to have a fail state, for example. And right, we, right, right. Did not um, in, intentionally. We decided against that. We really wanted, um, and in part because we actually wanted to expand the audience um, for this kind of storytelling. We believe that it's not limited to people who love games, but it's actually broader than that. Um, and I think you know, with the introduction of the quest, there is a real possibility that um, that that audience will expand over time. Um, so, 
it, it is interesting, and uh, one of the things, I know we're going to talk about this later, but one of the things I really like about the Infinity Festival is is that it, it, it essentially, to your point earlier, it, it um, focused around storytelling advanced by technology, but it doesn't say what the platform is. It could be any number of things, including film, television, attractions, um, you know, VR, AR, etc. And so I think it is um, the Infinity Festival is sort of um, creating a home for some of these things that don't neatly fit elsewhere. Uh, one of the things, you know, to your point about um, the influence of television and our thinking, in fact, when we were, um, you know, considering undertaking this um, this experience in this story series, we did actually think about it a bit like, more like television perhaps than, than a film, um, in that it ha- would have multiple episodes. And, um, and also, you know, the actual interactive narrative portion of um, Vader Immortal Episode 1 is about 45 minutes to an hour. So that would be kind of akin to um, a television pilot. But in order to sort of satisfy what um, we felt that the consumers um, wanted, we did need to have this very active element, which you, you of course, get um, with the lightsabers. And yeah. the, the kind of, um, I would say we sort of stumbled, I mean, I'd love to say that we were clairvoyant, but we sort of stumbled into this format, which I actually think works really, really well, which is you actually have two modules. So you have an interactive narrative module, um, which does have lightsabers in it, and it does, um, you do use the lightsaber as a tool and as a weapon to progress the narrative. Um, But then there's also a module that we call the lightsaber dojo, and it really is um, more akin to a game than anything else. It, it doesn't have a deep narrative around it. Um, but you can go, I think there's like, I don't know, 40 or 50 um, levels. And, you know, you can um, engage with various kinds of uh, adversaries for hours and hours. And now episode two actually adds the force to it. So now you have the force power coupled with uh, a lightsaber, and it even elevates that whole um, experience further. Well, it's so amazing because my the, the feeling that I immediately had was I felt vulnerable and I felt the almost like the burden of um, what Luke Skywalker must have felt in the first episode when he was first jumping into this. Like you literally feel like I, I better step up here, but this is scary. And I was amazed afterwards that I felt that. You know what I mean? Like it was so real. Well, that's that's why I say that. Like it does feel so real that I actually now get nervous when I get in the headset and I know that Darth Vader is coming. Um, which before I didn't even know when he was going to, you know, <laughs> make his presence known. But that, like that fear, that anxiety, um, is really it is really really interesting. And you know, people talk a lot about the fact that VR. Um, is so immersive and so visceral that it actually um, creates a memory um, as if you were actually in a place, A, and B, it stays with you. Yes. Um, so that's why what you're talking about, what I'm talking about um, really resonates is, is that we have this memory of what it's like to be in this place with Darth Vader, and it gives you a physical feeling 
um, of <laughs> anxiety. Yeah, it's it's there, and also the burden of being a hero too, in a way. Which, you know, we all, our generation kind of grew up with Star Wars being what it was. And what, what I find so fascinating, you know, just the business model now, you've proven that VR can make money because people are buying this. And it's, it's blown everybody away. And at Oculus 6, they announced that the store has made, um, has sold, I guess, over $100 million worth of, of content. So then you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, this is, is the future of entertainment right and I don't know if I would call it tv or film but it's the future of entertainment like I'm spending you know at least an hour a night and I told you I have to like not allow myself because I spend way too much time and it's like yet another thing I'm spending time doing but it it, that that blows me away too the business model behind this is solid right because you're you're making money you're people are paying to play this game because they know that they're it's going to deliver well, that was really um, from the very beginning when we set out, um, when we created ILMX Lab, the intention always was to create first-of-kind um, consumer-facing experiences that were monetizable. So uh, well, at the time when a lot of people were doing um, marketing tie-ins, and we did do some of those, um, we, but we were really focused on something that could be sold. And I, I feel like in many ways... Um, that was as much an innovation on this project as the technology and creative innovation um, because proving that this kind of experience could, in fact, um, make money is, is really, I think, enabling for a lot of um, storytellers and creators uh, looking into the future. Yeah, it's also, it blows me away, too, because there's a, a Facebook um, Quest group and I go on it, and I'm amazed at all these people who are in their 50s, first of all, admitting their age, saying they've never had a VR headset before, and are literally giggling with excitement about this. Um, and so all of a sudden, this idea that gamers are only like, you know, 20-year-old boys in dark rooms, it changes that. So now you're opening it up to boomers who grew up with Star Wars and who are buying VR headsets, which from a trend perspective, is a mind blow, right? Yeah, no, it definitely is. And I, when we first put on the um, quest, uh, well, when we first heard it was a um, tetherless headset with essentially a mobile chipset, um, you know, the people who had been working in, you know, cinematic quality film and et cetera were, were slightly terrified. Um, about what were the limitations going to be. And, um, but once we put the headset on and, you know, did a little test on what was it like to wield a lightsaber, it's, it's interesting because then everybody just got purely excited. So let's create the most amazing interactive experience that looks as good as we can possibly make it. And I'm very proud, really, of the quality of the, um, of, of the visuals. But I, I do think that the Quest is a game changer um, because, you know, for, for the average consumer, not the, not the gamer, but the average consumer, it doesn't require a, you know, high-powered um, PC anymore to drive the experience. It's something that you could um, pull out and um, do in your living room without, with very little um, friction. 
And yeah, yeah, so that's, that's, I, that's a great point. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I want to dig into that and some more trends um, that you're looking at as you look to, you know, continue to develop your slate at ILMX Lab. We've been talking to Vicki Dobbs back. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back and learn more about some of the work that she's doing um, for in Lu- Lucasfilm's immersive entertainment studio and the makers of Vader Immortal, which is now just a trend explosion, a famous VR experience that is changing the game for content. We'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Welcome back, everybody. We have been talking to Vicki Dobbs-Beck, who is the executive in charge of ILM X-Lab, Lucasfilm's immersive entertainment studio, and learning more about the strategy and the thinking and the story living, which I love that expression, around Vader Immortal, which is a, a seminal VR game um, that is available on a number of headsets. Um, and the one we've been talking about is Oculus Quest, just because it's sort of democratized um, access to to VR, um, and I'm blown away by the demographics of who's buying that and who's engaging with Vader Immortal. Vicky, Vicky, what are some other tech trends or content trends that you guys are looking at as you you plot your your slate of projects? Well, one of the things that um, you know, from a creative perspective, but it has technology implications that we're really interested in is this idea of connected story experiences so that we're always thinking about whatever the, the, the um, platform, the device, the venue is for um, our storytelling, that we look for opportunities to make meaningful connections between them. Um, so each experience could stand on its own, but taken together, the whole is truly greater than the sum of the parts. And we did take a... Um, 
you know, a step in that direction with Vader Immortal. We, um, we basically set up Vader Immortal in Star Wars Secrets of the Empire, which is the void experience, the location-based void experience. And uh, in that experience, you were um, on Mustafar, and you could see Vader's castle in the distance. And then when you actually um, got into Vader Immortal, then you're, you're in the castle. Um, and I think that that is quite interesting about having creative that um, crosses platforms and that you create this sort of sense of persistence. So... I think that one of the things that's going to be really important is um, uh, systems. Because, again, with this idea of story living, in a perfect world, you want to be in, that, you know, in a world and experiencing that world. And it would be great if your presence in that world could change it in some way or evolve it in some way. And that might be shared with others. So we're looking at... Um, what does you know? What a multi um, multi user experiences look like? What do, what do experiences that are where you do something in let's just say a VR home experience that unlocks something in a location based experience? What would that be like? Oh, um, this whole, yeah, the whole idea of um, you know downloadable content and even perhaps the movement of that content. Um, from one device or one platform to another. All of these are things that we're, we're thinking a lot about. Um, I, you know, we obviously follow um, the market industry um, researchers, and one of the groups um, that I follow is called Superdata, and they're owned by Nielsen. Um, Stephanie Lamas uh, has covered VR, AR for a number of years, and I was at a conference not too long ago where she talked about um, the fact that they really, well, first of all, the thing I thought was fascinating was that they, you know, they, they look at um, adoption, VR adoption, AR adoption, um, in the context of, of other earlier technologies uh, and try to draw um, parallels where, where they make sense. And um, at Superdata, they, they have sort of... Um, put forth that the adoption of VR is most similar to the color television. Wow. Um, the, color wow. Tele- yeah, the color television had a very slow ramp. It took like seven years. Um, color television had an advantage over VR because you could look in a store window and you could see um, you could see, you know, what color television was, but people weren't convinced that they needed it. Um, and then once that inflection point, um, uh, you know, sort of, once they reached that um, inflection point, then there was mass adoption of the color television. So, you know, when I was, I was like, what year do you think we're in? How many years into this cycle are we? You know, we were talking about maybe it's, um, you know, maybe we're in four or five, you know, something like that, six. Um, so that was, that was the first point. The second point was is that they thought that there were two potentially um, major drivers um, that would, would really move the industry forward in a very meaningful way. The first was um, the possible, you know, introduction by Apple of a wearable, um, wearable glasses. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and it's possible it won't, you know, that it'll be someone other than Apple, but they've been certainly in the news talking about that. And from our perspective, um, wearable, uh, you know, AR, mixed reality, really is um, where it becomes quite interesting to create, you know, story-based experiences or um, character interactions, etc. because you don't have to use your hands. You know, you've got the, um, the glasses on. The other major driver they believed was um, the Quest V2.0. So whenever Oculus um, introduces its next big um, evolution of, of the Quest, and I think that they were projecting in their um, in their you know research that it was probably going to be sometime in um, 20, 2021. So what what is interesting from a uh, from a business standpoint and a strategy standpoint for anybody that's participating in this space is really figuring out how do you um, continue to innovate, uh, but also sustain during what, um, you know, for the next, let's call it 18 months. Um, Because there was, you know, all of this hype, all of this excitement. Um, I don't think, you know, the the technologies were adopted at the rate that um, many people in the industry had hoped, myself included. Um, But we, we see the light you know, at the end of the tunnel, if you will. And so it's just really figuring out how do you keep moving forward toward that light, um, but do it in a way that is um, sustainable from a business perspective. And, you know, I have definitely talked to a number of people who are very, very active in this space who have sort of taken a pause. Um, and, and then there are others like, you know, like ourselves who we just – we're trying to figure out what are meaningful advances that we can make over the next 18 months so that when that inflection point does um, come, that we are still at the leading edge and, um, and can really take advantage of what, what we all hope will be a significant um, business opportunity. Right, so there's a lot of looking a couple of years ahead so that everything kind of falls into place. Exactly. You know, and and are you do you talk a lot about the rollout of 5G and how that will impact things? Yep, we do. And um you know the interesting thing about 5G is certainly everybody talks about it. Um and it's very very front of mind. Um but I I keep feeling like the actual full benefit of 5G um is still a little ways into the future. One of the things that um, I'm hoping that, you know, we can um, do some investigation on, some experimentation, um, is really how do you deliver extremely high-quality, um, uh, you know, digital assets or, or, you know, characters or whatever you want to um, call it, um, leveraging 5G so that it really does elevate um, what has been possible through the phones to date. Because um, so, if we can achieve really um, compelling and believable, um, you know, digital additions to our world, that you know, the true um, AR or mixed reality, 
um, I think that there are some really, really exciting trends. And, and so to that end, we, we did a project um, called Project Porg, um, which was an experiment that we released on the Magic Leap um, uh, glasses. At, it was like in February of um, 2019. And I think there's something really, really interesting about the idea of having um, digital characters in our world that we can develop a relationship with that evolves over time. So it kind of stretches the boundaries of storytelling in a, um, in an interesting way. So that's another kind of um, trend that we are following. So, so have having mixed reality, having the digital asset uh, be in your house. Because I've often said that if you're a fan, you would love to have that character in your room. Why wouldn't you? Right? You know, like why wouldn't I would love to have my favorite Doctor Who show up in my house or any any of those iconic uh, pieces of IP characters. Um, so you're really approaching this from uh, you know what we would call in marketing an omni-channel perspective where you're looking at all the different headsets, channels, and places where you could distribute content. Definitely. I mean, we're not, um, when we first established ILMX Lab, a lot of people were setting up um, extensions of their business or our new businesses, and they were, call, they were using the word VR in the, in the name. And we very intentionally um, said that we were about immersive entertainment, not about um, any one device, and in fact, to some extent, we're agnostic. Um, so we've actually done experiences um, and installations that just involve, um, we did a hollow, um, hollow cinema uh, installation at Sundance a few years ago, and, you know, that didn't involve either VR or AR, although it simulated um, what I think eventually AR experiences will be like. God, it's, it's so interesting how many different things that you have to understand and know. So my question to you is, how do you keep up with everything? You know, obviously, this is all about, in the end, you know, we're going to this uh, festival where all, all of the fabulous folks like you will be attending and speaking. And I, I mean, I know Vicky's not attending, but people like you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, I'll be you're, there at you're, the party at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But the, the the idea of bringing everybody together so that there's shared learnings and things like that, like, is that how you keep up? Like, how do you know what is going to be the next best thing? Well, I do, um, because I do speak at quite a few conferences, um, it is a great way to know what, I mean, I always try to Day. I, you know, I don't like to just come in, speak, and then leave. I'd like to hear what other people have to say so that I can, I can learn from them as well. And um, I think that, you know, seeing great content um, out in the world, you know, and a lot of times conferences are a great place to get access to, to multiple um, types of experiences. That's a really good way to sort of see um what is happening and how things are changing and what people are experimenting with and what's working and what's not working. Um, so that's one way. Uh, obviously, we have an entire group of people here who are sort of equally um, inspired and motivated to uh, know what the next best thing is. So there's a lot of sharing of articles, of you know experiences, of 
you know, YouTube videos, et cetera, that are highlighting um, something that people find uh, interesting. And then, you know, and then there's sort of daily, um, daily um, resources like Road to VR or um, the Medium Digest and things like that where I, I find that I, um, by just sort of perusing that on a daily basis, I have a sense of, um, of what is happening. And there's so much. I mean, one of the biggest challenges is, is just the amount of information um, and the, the breadth of experiences that are out there. So it's really great to have a group that is essentially curating that for you. You know, that's why I, um, I, I trust the kinds of articles, et cetera, that get that get um, shared internally, because I know I know what they're looking for. Right, because they're they're curated with the mindset that you guys all need to to do what you're doing. Exactly. Basically. Basically. So so um, in in terms of like you know five years from now, do you imagine that you'll have a variety of titles across a variety of? Um, you know, different platforms? I mean, is the goal to basically literally have a slate of properties that are working across a variety of solutions? Yes, I would say yes. I think that, um, again, going back to that idea of sort of connected experiences across um, platforms where every individual experience is designed um, to maximize the strength of uh, of that device and or that setting. So there are things you can do in location-based um, experiences that are, are not feasible or practical in, in the home. Um, and so we, you know, like Star Wars Secrets of the Empire is about a, um, it's about a, you know, 15-minute, um, very intense shared experience um, where you're moving through space and, you know, it has that amazing, um, there's a physical match to the digital world. So if you, if you see a wall in the digital world and you reach out and touch it, there actually is a wall. And that's something that, that can't happen in the home right now. Um, but that, so you really want to, like, lean into an experience that will take advantage of, um, of, of that opportunity. Uh, you know, I think that, um, AR MR is going to offer some interesting um, opportunities, and and of course VR is going to um, continue to evolve, especially in the home. So, looking, you know, in my fantasy future, we have a collection of related experiences um, where uh, that really speak to this idea of story living, where you're in the world, you matter. And your presence there makes a difference. Um, it makes a difference for your for your own experience, and ideally, it would make um, a difference for the experience of others. So it's both social and personal at the same time. And are you guys? Um, I mean, I know that um, there's data on what's happening on the devices, but are you um, you tracking like what people's responses are to all of these? content experiences, you know, so you have a sense of, of it, and are you seeing any unique behaviors that have surprised you? You know, we, we do a lot of um, testing uh, along the way, and um, I don't know about the, well, there's some things that um, we've certainly noticed. One thing I would say is 
um, which I mentioned when we did the Vader test, is the fact that um, you have to be very careful with the pacing, um, especially when you're trying to deliver a narrative, because you you want people to hear what's going on. And if you watch somebody from outside the, the headset, it, it can feel like it's moving really, really slowly. But when you're in the headset, it is so intense. And so um, it just absorbs your, you know, um, your attention in a way that I don't think we've ever really experienced before. Um, it, it has to be um, slowed down uh, somewhat. So that's, that's been interesting to watch. Another thing is, is that um, the, certainly the, I mean, I think another, you know, amazing future will be when we don't have to use controllers. And that's actually one of the things I love about um, Star Wars Secrets of the Empire is you don't have controllers, right? You, you have your hands free. At some point you, you get a blaster and, um, and you engage um, with, the, with the blaster, but it's, it's very intuitive. Um, I think that, you know, controllers are a little bit of a barrier for non-gamers. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to a time when maybe we have gloves or whatever it is that enables us to interact with the world in a much more intuitive way, that will be a big, um, a big game changer as well. Yeah, and they made that announcement at Oculus 6 that um, they're going to be getting rid of the controllers. So that, that'll be or at least for some things, I guess, that'll be really exciting too. Because I do find them awkward because, I, like I was telling you, I can't re- remember what buttons I'm supposed to press. So when that becomes more and more intuitive, um, you know, not coming from that, that gaming um, mentality. Um, now, Vicki, where can we find out about all the latest projects from ILM XLab? And then also, I don't know if you're tweeting or writing, where can people, you know, track what you're up to? Well, um, we do have a website, um, ilmxlab.com, and um, we also are on Instagram, so instagram.com slash ilmxlab slash. Um, we do a lot of um, posting on Twitter, uh, and yeah, which is, which is again, um, slash ilmxlab, and... Those are pre- pretty much, um, oh, and we're also on Facebook. <laughs> well, and I, there's so many fans, and, uh, and this, this work is just so immense um, and, and important, what you're doing, and, um, and so good for the rest of the industry, too. I mean, did you have any idea how much the rest of the industry would respond to the work that you're doing? Because everyone's hailing you guys as opening the door to the, the future of a new content marketplace. Well, I, you know, I think that was our dream, right? Because we knew we had a, a, a significant opportunity um, with Star Wars. Um, but it was also a really great, you know, it was a huge responsibility, too, because um, while on the one hand, um, you know, Star Wars um, as a brand actually, you know, is considered sort of people expect it to be tech-forward tech and so forth, um, there's also the risk that what if we didn't live up to fan expectations? Um, we, and the, <laughs> one of the things we did, you know, um, which I think is now for sure for better, but it was definitely a question for a while there, is we chose the most, probably the most iconic character in the Star Wars universe, Darth Vader. And, um, and so we had a huge responsibility 
to really live up to um, the expectations, um, both in terms of quality, the nature of the interaction, the design of the experience, um, the look, etc., um, that people expect of, of Star Wars. So, I like I said, I feel really, um, I'm really proud of the work that we did, and um, but you know, I there were many. I mean, this has been going on for several years, and there were many a sleepless night when you just wonder, can we do this? You know, right. can we deliver something <laughs> that is going to be really, um, really engaging and that's going to blow people away? So. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I live on the edge all the time. Well, I, I, you know, I can vouch. I haven't dug into episode two yet, but I can tell you that episode one did just that. So um, thank you so much. We've been talking to Vicki Dobbs back, who's the executive in charge of ILM X Lab, Lucasfilm's immersive entertainment studio. And if you ever see Vicki on a speaking docket, you must go and listen to her because she is just so um, such an exciting speaker and um, is able to really articulate a variety of different content and business models coming together to really give you a sense of it. One of uh, my favorite keynoters ever. Um, And so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lori. All right, and everybody, we'll be back next week, hopefully with someone as cool as Vicki. And I forgot to grill you on, like, any secrets, but, um, you know, maybe maybe at the Infinity Festival... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, hopefully we'll have another great uh, advisor speaker from um, from the Infin- uh, Infinity Festival. Um, this is Lori Schwartz, your tech cat, and we'll be talking to you next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 